at a certain point, you're doing your own thing and you're on your own way. And although we might be doing the same thing, we're not really doing the same thing. Even if we're both coaching, both acting, both making films, we might be in essence, in theory, doing the same type of thing, but we are not doing it the same way and we're not bringing the same thing to it. And our visions and our voices are not the same. And that's a good thing. And at some point, you're going to have to find your own vision and your own voice. And you're going to have to let that speak and that see. And it might not look the same as mine. It might not sound the same as mine. And so I think that's where, you know, authority is not a problem that you're taking guidance. But at a certain point, it has to be let go of. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Pour yourself a drink, sit back, relax. You're about to enjoy a podcast episode. And this one is the one thing that you need to know about your path. But what is that one thing, Evan? <laughs> Clickbait. No. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we just actually thought this, this title was a good way to structure this because there is kind of one key component and we've never really discussed it. And as we started talking about it, we're like, well, you know, it's not like we we know everything about this either. Let's have a discussion about this and maybe we can actually open up some things for ourselves because there's kind of this idea that your path is kind of this thing that you know or it's like this idea maybe you have of what you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go or how life's supposed to look and maybe that's not the case. Maybe there's something more to this and so we kind of want to look at that and dig into it and well join us so that's what i got yeah yeah no i think um i'm excited for this one because you know maybe in some ways we've touched on this in the past but i don't know it seems like this is something somewhat fresh for us to to be getting into because you know a big part of you know way of the artist claim your own path you know that's kind of our it's kind of our tagline <laughs> so to speak um but our like you said, like, you know, we, we can have a lot of ideas when we think of our path, but even just the, the word itself of path, it, it kind of, it brings an image to our minds of, of, you know, there's this, you know, winding, you know, this, this winding road, this winding pathway, you know, in some, in some place that's, that is laid out there before us. And I think we want to kind of, shift the perspective a little bit on this idea because it's not necessarily quite like that. And there's a lot of really good reasons why we don't want to look at it as such. You know, like a path can be, you know, it's a great metaphor in a lot of ways, but I think that there can be a, it, it can come with, it's not exactly what's going on either. So do we who i i feel like one of us has to like break the secret of this one open <laughs> you know it's like what is the one thing well before we do that i i gotta 
maybe a good analogy that might help open up before we do that. Maybe this is a good way to look at it. But when when you think of the word path, right? Like what 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 comes to mind? What's your image, right? And maybe the image that's in your mind, you need to be willing to let go of that because maybe that in and of self is a restriction to what your path actually is because just the way you think about a path is part of the problem. So, um, you know, it's kind of about letting that go. But if you're looking at it as say, you're trying to climb this mountain or this hill, or maybe just a portion of this mountain or hill, and you looked at it and there's a series of obstacles in your way. You know, one way you could go is you could climb the rock mountain cliff edge and that's how you get up there. Another way is you could kind of walk around that. Another way is you could kind of, you know, climb a tree or do something else, or maybe, you know, scramble across some loose rocks. And all of those are acceptable ways to climb the mountain. It's the same mountain. Claiming your path might be picking which way you decide to climb it. And not one of those is right, but one of them is right for you in that moment at that time, depending on what makes sense for you and what you want to experience and what you're trying to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the mountain changes because your path isn't like the thing you thought it would be, but you know, maybe it's a little bit more like moment to moment, maybe claiming your path is, is more of a thing that you find out and discover as you come, come along it, you know, as opposed to this, Oh, when I get here, I know to take a left because that's the way I'm supposed to go. And I think a lot of us, including myself, you know, I think there's times where I'm guilty of it as much as anybody, but it's like, I'm looking at it like, yeah, when I get there, this is what I do. And it's like, well, maybe that's not true at all. Maybe that's not actually how this goes for you or is supposed to go or how you'd want it to go. So maybe that helps kind of lead it in. But yeah, you, you if you have a better way of explaining it, maybe go ahead. Well, I think that so because, yeah, we can use these these, you know, very powerful metaphors of, you know, um, you know, a mountain. I was also thinking like, oh, you could think of it as it's an ocean, you know, there's no clear pathways. There's, it's wide open ocean, you know, but you're still sailing through it uh, on your way to, but even then it might not even be entirely accurate to what we're getting to because even then when you're sailing, you're charting a course to a place that is known. And this is where I think we might be running into a little bit of a, of a challenge here is because when it comes to our lives, when it comes to who we are as people, there, there is no, there is no, no course charted there. Really. We don't, that, that's an unknown, that, that finish, that, <laughs> that end point is an unknown to us, um, and is, is not known to anybody else. I mean, and if you doubt that statement, I mean, just look at, the situation we're in right now in our in our world you know we're blindsided by things all the time we're always responding to things that were not not foreseen not understood not you know whatever and and we learn and and we and we become wiser but that doesn't change that doesn't change the fact that we're still looking out into an incredible unknown with no real understanding of of what it's going to look like uh that that will always remain at some level as much as we can 
uh, you know, we can plan and we can set goals for ourselves and work towards things. That's all great. You know, picking a direction. There's these are all valuable things that we can do in our lives. Um, but it doesn't change the 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 incredible mysteries that await us in our lives uh, of all kinds of unexpected things. So I think that that's a big thing to 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 bring into this conversation. So let's maybe let's let's not wait any longer. I don't want people to wait until the end yeah, of this episode yeah, yeah, yeah. like cuz that's not what this is about. It's not about like we're going to tell you at the end. We're going <laughs> to tell you right now and then we're going to dive into this a little bit further, I think. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Brandon. Okay. Well, as I understand from what we're trying to get at is that your your path is not something that you're going to know in your head. It's not something that it's it's not like a paint by numbers type of thing. It's not like you get here and then you do this and you get here and you do that. But I do think that a lot of people think they're on their path by experiencing life that way. And I think it's, it's actually a mistake because what's happened is you've given the authority away to an idea of what your life's supposed to look like and what your path is supposed to be. And I think at the end of the day, you know, you got to come back to that word, you know, authority and be the author of it, meaning that you're writing it as you go, meaning that you're creating it as you go and that you're the authority of it. And being the authority, freedom was a big element of this. What actually makes you free is your ability to make a choice at those moments to go one way or the other and not be bound by some limiting idea of what you're supposed to do or who you're supposed to be. And so I think like, the one thing you need to know is that you need to be the authority of your own path if you're going to be free. And if you're not, someone else is the authority of it and you're not free and it's not really your path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to add to that, you know, for me, I think the, the simplest way that I, I look at it is that, you know, your path is not something that is laid out before you in a predetermined way that you're just following. Um, but your path is something that you are actively creating. Uh, I think that's probably the simplest way that I can think about it or, or process it is that it's like, it's, it's, it's an act of creation. It's not, it's not some fatalistic idea of like, okay, I just got to follow it this way and that way. And it's, you know, in, in some ways I think that we, we have, uh, moments of of clarity, um, in the sense that we feel so, we have such a strong sense of no, I have to go this way. You know, I think that we do have those moments, but I, it's our path is something that is being that we're constantly creating, which is kind of interesting. You know, I think of almost like. You know, if you're going through a forest and it's just dense forest and you're moving along and it's like you've got your, you know, your magic wand or if you want it more materialistic, we could say your machete. Right. And you're yeah. and you're and you're chopping through it. And that's always the way that that it's happening, because, again, our lives are our lives uh, and 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 nobody can tell us what what that is just as much as we can't tell anybody else what what that is for for them you know that's something that we all have to figure out for ourselves and i think that that comes back into what you were saying about with uh 
this thing of authority, which is something that we were also talking about before we started recording was, you know, how this, this has a lot to do with, with ideas around authority and freedom. There's something that I want to kind of bring into this as well, is that the kind of elements of conflict that may come into your journey, you know, like this path you're on, it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be easy. You know, I don't think that's the point. I think that sometimes the challenge can be welcomed. I think sometimes the, 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 the antagonist that you're experiencing or the, you know, the, the adversary or the ad adversarial elements are something that you can look at as something fun to take on. I mean, you know, when we play video games or we play board games or when we play games with each other and challenges, I mean, there, there's an element of challenge in it that is so necessary. And it's part of what makes it fun. Um, you know, take a silly game, like, like snakes and ladders or shoots and ladders or something like that. Right. Or monopoly. I don't know, whatever, something <laughs> everybody knows. I mean, if there wasn't a challenge, you know, if it was all just fixed and guaranteed, I mean, that's no longer, that's no longer fun. Um, you know, with more complicated games, it means that there's no real element of learning or improving. And part of the challenge that you face might be not because like, it could be easier to go another way, but you might not go that way because easy isn't what you're looking for. And you're going to be the one that knows that. And sometimes easy is the way to go. And sometimes it's not, but it's not like saying, well, every time I get to this, it's always take the easy road. You know, maybe that's not really the best way to do your path because that's like a paint by numbers. You know, that's like a automated blanket kind of idea of how to do life. And look, if you're trying to go fast, you're trying to get somewhere, you're trying to get it done. I mean, easy and guaranteed, you know, might be better, but, um, you know, I think when it comes to like relationships and love and, you know, dreams, we don't necessarily want easy because easy is boring and the outcomes of that are usually not as rewarding. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's a need for, there's a need for challenge and there's a need for conflict in some of this stuff. And I think that, um, it's not one way or the other. And it's not always one or the other. It's not that challenge or conflict's better. And it's not that easy is better. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's just about something, it's just about something else altogether, you know, and it depends what you want and what you need and what you're going for. So something to keep in mind, you know, because I think, you know, going with feeling, I think is important, but there's, there's more to feeling than just it feels good it feels easy i don't think that's that's the geiger counter that you always want to use with this stuff mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's it's not what yeah what feels easy or is just you know pleasurable but it's i don't know it's a different kind of of feeling altogether i think that um I know I I remember it was uh, it was something that I I think I read from from a Dan Millman book and he was talking about like happiness is happiness is like a a passing emotion. I'm not saying this correctly, but 
uh, I can get the gist across. But like happiness is a passing emotion. Joy is a state of being. Mm. You know that uh, even even in the face of of challenges and tragedies and things, we're there's a state of joy that we can that we can still live in. But I think you bring up a a good you know kind of a nice little philosophical aspect of this where it's like yeah like the challenge is part of what makes things fun and interesting and and um and in that way we can we can welcome it because yeah if everything was just easy that would be that i mean a lot of people have explored that idea and that would actually become a hell of sorts i think it was like an old like uh what was that weird that that old kind of weird show that um like outer old. limits um or oh uh, i don't think it was the outer limits but it was it was something oh, like that oh i know that. what you're talking about it's like that really old show where um they the the twilight zone the twilight zone that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah there was there was like an old episode of the twilight zone where basically uh this this guy gets everything he wants all the time uh doesn't matter you know he goes to the casino and he wins at everything he just like everything just starts coming to him and at first he's having such a great time you know he's having a he's having an absolute blast but it eventually turns into a personal hell eventually it's just there's no there's no challenge there's no thing to overcome there's no there's no having to to see what you're made of anymore to to push yourself and which is an interesting sort of thought experiment that, you know, a, an old <laughs> kind of TV show went into. But there's a lot of truth to it. You know, like what would happen to you if you didn't have have a challenge? Well, you would probably lose your sense of self. And I think that people, when we're in that state of like, oh, man, I just want this thing. I just want this thing to work out for me. We're not really thinking about the consequences of getting it. You know, we're not thinking about the consequences of it being, you know, actually delivered to us because there is a consequence to getting what you want. And sometimes those things are unforeseen, you know, like they're, they're, they come and they're, they're worse than they're worse than what you could imagine. But I mean, I think the worst thing is to lose your sense of self because on an existential level, that sounds, it's so funny on an existential level, <laughs> it's like, that's like numbness. You know, when you feel numbness, um, it doesn't feel good. We want some feeling, you know, some feeling actually feels better than no feeling at all. No feeling at all, especially for long extended periods of time, numbness is worse than pain in a mm -hmm. lot of cases. Um, apathy is like that. Apathy is numbness. So when you can have everything you want and it's super easy, uh, what happens is that you develop empathy, which is existential numbness. <laughs> my little guy. I don't know if you can hear my little cat, but he's... I can he's, hear little Charlie, man. He wants to join in, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've gone a little off the rails here with this conversation. Like, I like the, this, this little yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, let's that bring we it, went let's into. Let's bring it but... back. But, I mean, I guess that's kind of the thing, right? When you're... When you're following a path that's easy, I guess this was my point. Maybe I can wrap it around here, Evan. I'm going to bottle cap it. Nice. We talked about how it shouldn't always be the easy choice. Because what does the easy choice create? It creates guaranteed outcomes and you can always get what you want and it always works out. 
which creates what numbness, which ultimately creates what apathy, which creates a sense of selflessness, like, or, or a loss, uh, no, not selflessness, a sense of like a disconnection with self. Part of the reason why people go to rock climbing classes and, and, and gyms and they climb actual mountains like that is because climbing and the challenge of that gives you a sense of body. It gives you a sense of self. It's a struggle. You got to work it out. Um, if anybody's ever climbed, they know what I mean. You know, uh, which, which grip do I use and, and how far do I reach and what do I have to do to get around this obstacle? That a sense of bodiness is part of the experience of having a sense of self. And, you know, a lot of athletes and stuff, you know, they, they really find their sense of self through body, you know, and you could probably mm -hmm. um, compare some like artists that way, you know, actors and musicians and stuff like that. But a sense of self gives you a, a sense of being in the world. And when you lose that sense of being this, this, that's why it's existential, because when you don't have this beingness, you feel like you don't even exist. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that now that I've said that there are some people out there that are really hearing that because nothing is worse than feeling like you don't exist and you're just invisible and you're nothing, you know? Yeah. But then in a sense that can be nice to visit, but not nice to feel stuck in. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, that life, that sense of vitality and vibrance, you know, of, of living and that, you know, comes from, comes from taking your path and creating your path um, that doesn't necessarily come with guarantees. And it's, it's really interesting because, you know, you think of how many stories from how many different traditions and cultures around the world. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit with uh, a guest a few weeks back, Dan Hines, um, but how so many stories have to do with, with people leaving home, you know, just as a general sort of a theme, a concept of having to leave home, um, not at necessarily as a literal, you know, even though sometimes it is literal in our sort of our great myths and stories, um, not just from, you know, old times, but in, in still to this day, this is a, this is a story that we, we tell over and over and over again, this thing of you have to leave home, you have as in you have to leave something that's comfortable. And I think in the context of this conversation, you have to leave the path that someone else set before you, the, of the expectations of the, um, you know, yeah, the expectations and, and wants and desires of, of other people, um, our own personal sort of feelings of having to please others and whatever it is, but we have to leave that because that's, that's the path given to us by some sort of external authority hmm. that we've accepted. Right. And having to reject that, having to reject that path and, and go off somewhere else. And, you know, it's, it's kind of that, that thing of people heading out into the horizon, you know, and she's like, well, what will you do? Where will you go? It's like, I don't know, but I can't stay here. And that, and sometimes that's all you've got, you know, sometimes yeah. that's all, you know, and not, a, I'm sure there's lots of people who have had quite a literal experience 
of something like that. But definitely for all of us, most of us have probably read or watched a story that was like that, where it's just, that's all you have is, is all I know is that I can't stay here. And that's in many ways, that's a reflection of the path that's laid out before you versus the path that you're creating. Yeah, I think you brought up kind of the most important point, And I want to, I do want to kind of direct this conversation towards that which is this whole idea of not having some authority dictate your, your path, you know, and, and not just being the authority of your path, because I think, I think that part's easier to get. I think, I think um, the part where we go, yeah, like I I'm choosing, but like, I think everybody, you know, it would benefit from just stopping and going, but are you choosing? Like, are you choosing or is it, what you think you're supposed to do and is it like this can work in all sorts of ways you know like um i've worked with some personal coaches who like run like businesses and stuff like that and they've been extremely helpful and they usually have a system they usually have something in place about here's how you acquire success and achieve these goals and do this stuff and a lot of them are really really helpful you know um but to a point, there's a point where you have to abandon them. There's a point where you have to let go of their system and find your own. And one of my coaches, for example, um, he's taught me an incredible system that I'm learning to implement and I'm, it's hugely beneficial, but he also, we also different, differ in our opinions about some of the things in which the way we want to coach and what we want to do. And I found at a certain point, okay, I can take these things up to here and apply them to my own thing. But at a certain point, I have to step out and do my own thing in my own way over here. And I don't think that, like, I don't think that a good coach would ever have any offense with that. I think a bad coach would. A good coach, I think, would encourage you to, would say, yeah, like, this this system is only meant to take you to here that cause that's as far as I can lead you. But after that, you know, it's up to you. Like you got to start to figure out where you're going to go from here. And it's kind of the mentor mentee type of relationship where it's like, I can mentor you to this point, but you know, I can only mentor you in relation to my journey because my journey took me here and yeah, these things are helpful, but like at a certain point you're doing your own thing and you're on your own way. And although we might be doing the same thing, we're not really doing the same thing. Even if we're both coaching, both acting, both making films, we might be in essence, in theory, doing the same type of thing, but we are not doing it the same way and we're not bringing the same thing to it. And our visions and our voices are not the same. And that's a good thing. And at some point you're gonna have to find your own vision and your own voice, and you're gonna have to let that speak and that see and it might not look the same as mine it might not sound the same as mine and so i think that's where you know authority is not a problem that you're taking guidance but at a certain point it has to be let go of at a certain point you have to disband it yeah i think it's like you know if you meet the buddha on the road uh, kill kill him dead um <laughs> you know just as a thing you know it's it's a classic sort of a uh, Buddhist little wisdom nugget, which is essentially, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the Buddha, but if you become attached to the Buddha, you will 
rob yourself of your own enlightenment um, was the thing. Eventually, you even have to let the Buddha go if you're going yes. to completely yeah, um, let yourself go. Assuming um, the Buddha has the way, and it's like, I mean, I maybe I'm not the best to articulate this, but the way I interpret that, and I just want to reiterate this because I think we've said it a couple times, and I think it's good too. But like, I look at it like, you you ex- you meet the Buddha, the Buddha shares their wisdom, and then instead of going like, oh, they know the way I'm going to idolize them and they're my sage, you need to kill the idea of having something or someone that's the authority of your life. Not yeah. literally kill them, but you need to like kill it by like disband it, let it go. Yeah. Take what you took, but then now, like in a sense, be your own Buddha, if you want to call it that, you know, because yeah. that's kind of the point. At some point, this is you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to touch on, you know, I, I like that you brought up the the whole thing of, of sort of mentors and, and because I think that a good mentor doesn't necessarily, because there's an art to it as there is an art with anything. And there's an art to being a mentor, which I think is not necessarily claiming authority or power over somebody. I think again, a good mentor is a great listener to the life of the person who is their mentee, so to speak, and and recognizing, listening to their lives and the direction of their lives and helping, but getting out of the way at the same time. You know, I think it's that's kind of the, the beautiful art of the mentor. And another thing I want to bring into that as well is a really cool thing I heard uh, Simon Sinek talk about um, in an interview at one point, which was, he was saying the one thing I didn't understand about mentorship and to, to surmise it, what he didn't understand about mentorship before he kind of found his first mentor, uh, was that it goes both ways. Mm. So he had like, he, he tells this story about his first mentor and, you know, they were, had their relationship for however long. And at one point, you know, Simon said to him, uh, thank you for being my mentor. And his mentor looked back at him and he said, thank you for being mine. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, there's, and I understand that a lot as a teacher as well, you know, because people are looking to me in, in some regards as being an authority in something. And I try to more so look at it as being like, well, I have a certain experience in something that you're interested in, as opposed to being an authority on it. I have Mm. an experience, Um, but I'm learning so much from my students. I'm learning more about about the work that I've learned about through them doing it and through helping them with it and teaching it. You know, it's... So it's a really it's 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 a really interesting relationship that way. I, had a, I, I get that, man. I, I I can share a lot of experiences with that. I had one of um, my students and you know mentee, if you want to call it that, say to me, um, "So I'm paying you to teach you about storytelling." <laughs> it's like, well, in a way, yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, you're the storyteller. So why wouldn't you be teaching me it? You know, why wouldn't you be teaching me how to tell a story through your way? I mean, 
and and in a sense it it helped them to kind of disconnect the idea that i'm teacher you're student because i think teacher student is a very primitive version of mentorship it starts teacher student sometimes but mentor mentee is is interchangeable you know and i think teacher uh, you know student is interchangeable too like um and i think that something that's kind of challenging with especially like western culture but i mean this is probably across the world i think lots of people experience this but like we look at um the person with the knowledge as somehow like the authority all the time and and we have a tough time disbanding that at some point it's like you know it's not about it's it's not about like i think we also have this weird kind of system of like looking at people as like um hierarchy and i think that can create a lot of problems with the way we process the world because it's i think respect and appreciating someone's knowledge and position is valuable and important and it has its place but it also sometimes can assume that you are forever lower and i think that's a mistake you know i i um i have worked very hard in my life to look at everybody as a peer and this took a lot of work to do but that means you know the king of the world or the the lowest person on the street you know what whatever that might be but you look at them as your peer and by doing that when you position yourself as peer it becomes not about power and position it becomes about seeing eye to eye and i think the flexibility and I, and i think everybody can expand their say spectrum on what's possible here but like the ability to step into the king's shoes and step into the bum's shoes to be able to do that gives you the most concept of self and both of them can be teachers but if you're like well my status is here and you're lower and i'm higher now it's just you're the teacher of the lower person and the te- and the person who's higher is the teacher of you and that's just a a very limited primitive model of you know viewing and functioning through the world mhm mhm yeah and and to i wanted to something you were saying it i said like to tie this back into uh something beforehand you know that having to having to step away um from sort of the home the metaphorical home um and and go out into that unknown of where you don't know what you'll do or where you will go but that necessity of why you need to make such a leap like that is i think has a lot to do with knowing yourself I think that that's really what it, a lot of it has to like it comes down to. It's like if I don't if I don't go if I don't start creating my own path in whatever way um I will never I will never truly know myself. I will never truly know what this life that I have, this this mystery of who I am. I'll never get to have any kind of relate real relationship with that. Yeah. You know, and that's I, that's frightening to me. That's yeah, a frightening yeah. idea. Yeah. And I think and, that sorry to cut you off. I, I I feel like that leads to, you know, I feel like it leads to 
depression and listlessness and you know like things that are like this this um emptiness you know and i i i see this and i know it's a problem i mean look at the statistics it, it is a cultural problem i mean we're dealing with that right but it's it's hard to have a sense of self when the entire world around you is telling you how to live and you're believing it and and people are acting as they know something you don't and if no one's ever told you that maybe that isn't true and you've never had the experience to recognize it, you might actually be walking around thinking like, I just don't know and everyone else knows. And so you continually are just giving up your authority to all these other people. And, you know, something that you start to discover is most of them are full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, the person that acts like they know is usually the person who's the most full of shit. You know, it's like, where it's like, you know, I think it comes from a place of like, well, this is what, this is what makes sense for me, you know, and this is what has worked for me, you know, maybe it'll work for you, but it's not by any means the way, but if someone says I have the way and I know the way, I mean, you're probably full of shit. Cause like, how, how do you know that? First of all, how do you know that? Because even if that is your way, how do you know it's the way? for everybody. Like mm-hmm. you would have to have done so much testing and so much like, you know, and, and, and the, the, the bottom line is, is that there are many different ways to accomplish the same goal. And there is no one way that's necessarily better. There might be prettier ways. There might be ways that seem more ideal or more optimal, but it doesn't mean that it's the right way. It just means that maybe that, um, you know, Maybe this way is going to give you less mistakes, but maybe by making mistakes, you're going to learn lessons that the person who didn't make mistakes um, didn't learn. So maybe it's actually better to make mistakes along the way and stumble and fall as you go than it is to just get there like seamlessly with perfect stride. So, you know, is one better? I mean, one looks prettier, one looks more elegant, but is it better? I mean, we don't know. And that's the point, right? Is that don't assume that just because someone's way looks pretty is the way like maybe that's not the way to go because maybe there's more to your picture than you think than you know mhm mhm yeah what you're saying just um just makes me think of uh, a storyline that's through the the animated classic series avatar the last airbender oh yeah <laughs> one I of my favorite oh it's one of my favorite shows of all time one of my fa- like there's so many like incredible sort of big epic uh archetypal uh storylines that are going on in it and what you're saying like reminded me so much of of one it's like a sibling relationship where mm-hmm. you know one's kind of just been like a prodigy and and the other ones had to had to fight for everything and uh and it comes to a very a very interesting conclusion. I don't want to ruin it because I think you should watch it at some point <laughs> in time. Yes, it's uh, it can be a little bit, you know, it was it was written very much for kids, but there's a lot there for the uh, the the older audience as well. And there must be because I continue to watch it. Like every couple of years, I'll I'll rewatch the series. And just be like, oh my god, this is so good. There's so much. There's so much going on in this in this story. It's incredible. Um, sorry, I kind of derailed that one this time. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that 
you know, I think there's wisdoms, little wisdoms that kind of have been retold in various ways throughout history. And, you know, if it, if it lands with you through a cartoon type story, or if it lands through you through this like serious dramatic drama situation, I mean, it, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to learn a lesson either. I mean, you know, something that I learned um, as I've kind of been going through my journey is this concept of talent and skills. And I'm not saying that this is the way to look at it, but I'm going to offer an idea. And the idea is that skills are built. You know, you, you try to develop a skill, you work at it, you practice at it, you, you do it, you know, you push yourself to become proficient at it. And then eventually, if you put enough time and effort, generally, you'll probably get pretty good at the skill. And there's various ways to practically put attention and energy towards a skill to become skillful at it, whatever you're trying to do. Then there's the other idea of talent. And when most people think of talent, they think of it something like this gift, like this thing you're born with. But what if talent is not just something you're born with, but it's a byproduct of skills. It's a byproduct of the struggle of skills. It's the byproduct of doing things that don't work, that lead to other things. And those talents are actually just skills that you weren't trying to get, skills that you weren't trying to develop. And so one day you end up doing something and people say, oh, you're really talented at this. And your talent didn't come from some type of direct skillful practice, but it came from an indirect stumbling, an indirect struggle or wrestling with something you're trying to do. And you thought the whole time, I'm trying to do this is so hard. It's not working for me. I'm not doing it well. I keep fucking up. And then all of a sudden, another situation arises where those struggles actually built something in you that you didn't even realize was being built. And to me, that's what talent is. Talent comes in an unforeseen, unexpected, surprising way. It shows up sometimes at the most convenient times and suddenly you just have it. And you're like, well, you know, maybe I was born with it. I don't know where I got it. You know, it just happened, but it probably happened in a very indirect way. And I think like to round this back into our conversation, Evan, I look at the path like that. That's why your path is not always direct because direct is skills, but sometimes your talents, your unseen, undeveloped, undiscovered skills, those things that you didn't know you were building, they show up. And when you go that other way, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I have something that nobody else has. I have develop things that that I never knew I developed. And I think that that's why you need to be flexible. That's why you need to not try to always go the way you think you're supposed to go. Sometimes you need to like go, okay, this way is not working. Even though it's supposed to be the way, maybe I try this way, you know, and that way might look totally different. It might look totally like off course, but that's where you got to kind of check in. You know, you got to have this internal sense of, you know, and, and I'm not saying, I think this is developed as well. I think you're learning to hear your own voice, learning to actually connect with your own vision. I think that takes time. I think that takes like learning to trust gut instinct that comes from making mistakes that doesn't come from getting everything right. So having great gut instinct, great vision, great voice, um, you know, that doesn't come from everything being perfect stride seamless. I think that comes from learning what doesn't work, learning 
what what it feels like when you're not listening to it and then when you know what it's like when you're not listening to it it becomes more polarized as to when you are mm-hmm mm-hmm it's a lot of good stuff in there <laughs> it's like which way to go with it i just want to say this one this one thing that that just sort of this phrase just sort of entered my head as you were as you were speaking which was your path is the open horizon that leads to yourself. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're it's it, it is. It leads to your sense of self. That is the destination. Your sense of self, which almost seems like you know, it's kind of like that whole idea is like you're not going there to get there. You're going there to get here. Mm -hmm. you know, as as I point to my heart yeah. or to myself, and, you know, you're going there to get this. It's, it's, all, but you can't, I, well, I don't want to say can't, but it's like by not going there, it's harder to get your sense of self. So the reason why you go and do this thing is so you can have a sense of self. Yeah. And even if that, because in a weird way, you know, I feel like that's an unanswerable question. You know, this is something that I, I kind of, um, you know, in my acting training and, and something that I've questioned, you know, later on is, you know, a lot of my training uh, as an actor and and you're you're taught to approach a, a character or a part as if um, as if it's just a it's something to be solved. It's just a puzzle to be put together and it's complete. And my response to that has become, well, tell me the answer to yourself, to who you are. What's the answer to you? And it's, a, it's an unanswerable thing. And so it's like, you know, it leads to, you know, the path leads to yourself. But I feel like it leads to the mystery of ourselves. Hmm. You know, there's, there are certain things that, that absolutely uh, are revealed to us. And, and there is a sense of self that I think emerges, but I think that there's a mystery that never really goes away. And I think that as we start to experience ourselves as that mystery and know ourselves as that mystery, um, there's, I, all I can say is that I think that there's, some, there's something to that in and of of, of itself there, as opposed to, yeah, you'll have, because otherwise there's an implication of there's a point where you will, you know, you will arrive and say like, aha, I know who I am, you know? And, uh, I, like, I remember a, a great quote that I heard from, uh, Jeff Bridges. There was like a, it was like a special just about his life or whatever. I love Jeff Bridges. Uh, and he said, I don't know who I am. And that's reassuring. <laughs> you know, and he's saying this as, as a guy who was already like later on in his in his career, you know, not like a young Jeff Bridges. It was like hmm. him, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something like that. He's being like, I don't know who I am. And that's reassuring. <laughs> I like that. That's a good quote. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the thing. It's like, um, 
it's not a it's not a closing in to get to the definitive answer. It's an opening up to get to a possibility and a potential and a connection to. I mean, with no other way to say it, the infinite, like getting connected to this, like limitlessness, you know, and that can be overwhelming to kind of talk about and just like, just try and try and wrap your head around that. But I think having, having a sense of it's not just like I talked a bit about earlier about that sense of bodiness. I think that's important, but as an artist, one of the most important discoveries that I found once I turned 30, it started to happen. I remember you and I were having a talk and you, and you stopped and you said, Oh, that what you said there, that was good. I think you remember what I'm talking about, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was telling you, I went through all this stuff and then I was like, but for the first time, I feel like I could hear my voice. And you were like, well, then it was all worth it. And I was like, that, that was one of those moments. It was like, I shared it and exposed it, but you kind of reflected it back to me. And then I saw that my having my own voice was a sense of self that I had this thing that had something to say and it was like beyond conscious thought. It wasn't like, I should say this because this will make me look smart and charismatic and whatever. <laughs> but it was like a, this is just something that is coming out of me. And I was thinking about this today and it comes out in interesting ways. Like for example, I'll share a story because I love story, but <laughs> I was working at this job, this fine dining restaurant, and it was a bitch of a job i hated it <laughs> and you got, i'm around all these career waiters i was only like uh 18 19 maybe 20 i don't know i was right around there and uh it was just like not not my vibe not my place um paid well but you know not what i wanted and <clears throat> i had this general manager who worked at this restaurant and like the pressure and the stress that was in this place the intensity and the angst of just like doing a good job was just so high and the sense of you could be fired at like the drop of a hat you know was always like present right and it created a very kind of difficult work environment and the way people were with each other was very um there was a lot of superficial elements and whatever and so my being my sense of self was in great conflict throughout this experience. And I didn't know this because I was like a teenager. I was like, you know, a young kid, but it, it didn't feel right. And there was this night and it was getting late and I had worked probably like a couple hours overtime at this point. And I was just like done. And it was, you know, this anxiety and stress of the day and then culture and environment. And I went to the back and I was carrying a couple, like two or three coffee cups or teacups, right? And I went to put them on the dish rack and I guess I was just tired and I just didn't put them in quite, quite far enough and they fell back and they even landed on what was essentially a rubber mat and they, they just shattered anyway. And normally those rubber mats are designed to like stop if any, but it, it just all broke. And right then the general manager walks by and he just starts going like, what the hell, blah, 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 blah. And he starts berating me and there's a whole kitchen and there's servers there and everybody's watching me. 
and I'm leaning down to pick up the pieces of what I just done. And he's berating me. And I'm, I don't know what you want me to do. What do you want me to do? And he goes, I want you to carry one teacup until you can handle carrying more. And that was, I just remember that. And I remember being like, after, <laughs> get to remember, that wasn't the only thing he said. There was a berate, like just berating me, right? And I stood up and I walked up to him and I was a foot away. And I was actually taller than him, even though I was, you know, it's got an older guy. And I said, I looked him straight in the eye and he said, you're going to talk to me like I'm a human being. I didn't say it angry. I didn't say anything. I just looked him in the eye and said, you're going to talk to me like I'm a human being. And he was like, oh, total tone just totally changed. He was like, oh, you know what? You know what? Uh, you're right. It's been a late night. You know, everybody's kind of stressed out and whatever. He's like, just, you know what? You've been here over time. Just go home. Come back in the morning. You know, well, you know, whatever. Okay, go home. And the next day he didn't show up and I got fired. <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing that was interesting. I feel like that voice inside of me, because I that was not a thing I thought about. I don't even know where that came from. I feel like that was my voice in that moment. You're going to talk to me like a human being. Because something inside me, like what a perfect thing to say. What a perfect like almost quotable movie quote of the thing to say. Like I never said that in my life before, never thought of saying that in my life before. And then all of a sudden, those are the words coming out of my mouth. And it was, I think about that and it was kind of profound because it was like, it was just so simple and clear. It was like, we're going to talk like human beings. Like I'm not accepting what you're doing. I'm not mad at you. I'm not making you wrong. I'm not doing anything. But I'm just saying, if we're going to have this conversation, I'm going to stand, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to talk to humans. I'm like a busboy. You're a general manager. But if, and he probably looked at it like I'm better than you. But in that moment, we are two human beings. And I think that's what the self does. That's what it looks like. It's so powerful. It's so profoundly incredible that when you let it take over, amazing shit happens. The fact that I got fired the next day, it doesn't even matter. I want to leave, you know, it was coming to that anyway. But the way I exited, when I walked back in like a couple weeks later and I picked up my last paycheck, I walked in like a legend. <laughs> <laughs> like people were like, well, you know, like it really was like that. Like I was the fucking talk of the town because nobody stood up to anybody. But the way that I did it was so classy. It was just, there was no swear words. There was no emotional angst there was just a simple and direct communication and at the end of the day he couldn't argue with that and that was what was profound about it that was what and that wasn't me though like in a way that was me but that was like the self to me that's what that's what that thing inside of you that thing that animates you when you let it guide you when you let it you know lead the path it will lead you the right way and it led me right out of that job, <laughs> but in the perfect fucking exit. Like it could not have, like I could write that in a movie and people probably wouldn't even believe it, you know, in a way they'd be like, oh, it's great, creative idea. But it's like, that really happened. That was a real moment in my life. And, you know, I feel like, a, like when you're in, when you're really like just trusting yourself, you will make profound important decisions that will be beyond anything you could consciously think of um you know i'd like to say that that happens all the time for me but i feel like 
you know, it happens more and more now, but um, I feel like that was something I had to kind of learn. I had to develop, I had to learn how to trust myself, you know? And I feel like that's kind of the point of this conversation is that thing inside you. And I, I call it this thing that animates you that needs to be the authority of your life. And sometimes it's going to lead you in a way that you go, I don't want to go this way. I don't want to lose my job, but that's what it needs to do. And you got to trust it. Yeah. It's that thing that can actually, that, that has the capacity to lead you through the, the sort of that, that giant unknown wilderness, yes. you know, to, to create that path. It's the thing that's just like, don't worry. I know where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it knows, it knows. And so, yeah, totally. And you don't know what it knows, <laughs> but you just got to yeah. trust that it knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what are you, uh, sipping on okay. for this um, evening, sir? So this one, this one is called Spectrum. Actually kind of perfect for this conversation. <laughs> um, perfect because I was talking about how Spectrum is like, you know, you can, you can kind of have a scale, you know, you can kind of have a, an, uh, I don't know, like, whatever. I'm not going to get all mathematical here. Look up the word if you don't know what it means. You'll understand later. Um, Melon Haze Pale Ale. And this one is, um, what the hell is this? Is this Spectrum Beer? Yeah, that's right. Spectrum Beer. There you go. I never had them before. Um, but uh, it's a tasty beer, and I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Nice. And, sorry, did you say where they were from? Where are they? I didn't, but let me check here. Oh, they're from Vernon, uh, or they're Vernon. Oh no, they're from Vancouver. It's it's okay. Vernon Drive, Vancouver, ah. BC. So they're a local brewery. I actually, you know, I just like the look of the can, and uh, a melon haze pale ale sounded like a real nice beer, and it turns out it really is. So that's that's all I knew, and I was just like, let's go for that one. Nice. Yeah, uh, I'm drinking what I believe is. The Storm Rider Storm Rider IPA from uh, Tapworks Brewing in uh, in Gibson's. So it's been a while since I've gone and done a, an actual growler fill, but uh, I went and went and did that, and it's so good. It's yeah. it's definitely it's it's right up there in my in my top list for as far as IPAs go. Like it's just it's a juicy one. You know, like lots of IPAs <laughs> claim that they're juicy and it's like, yeah, not really. You're not really that. This is a juicy one. Mm. This is a juicy IPA, which makes it go down really, really smooth. Nice. But uh, can also sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I melon is kind of a nice, if it's just done a little bit, it's kind of nice for a beer. It's like, um, it's just subtle, you know? And, and mm. that's one thing I like about this beer. I like... I like it when they're, I like it when these craft breweries are subtle with, with what they do. Like sometimes some beers, they're just, they go all out with it. And you're like, ah, oh, it's so much raspberry <laughs> yeah, or whatever the hell they do it, you know? And it's like, but, um, getting kind of, when they find that nice balance, you're like, oh yeah, like I, I get my beer, but then I get a little bit of those tones of that extra stuff. So yeah, man, nice. Um, well, let, let me wrap it up for my side before before you do. All right. Well, so trying to find the words here. What I what I'm gonna leave with, and maybe maybe someone out there can kind of take this with them as well, 
what I'm going to leave with is that, you know, ever thinking that I know the way that my life is supposed to go is always giving up the authority to some idea that is paint by numbers and limiting and limits my freedom. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've accepted during this conversation and everything that led up to it. So knowing that I'm going to stop being attached to what I think is supposed to happen next, where I think I'm supposed to be and where I think I'm supposed to go anytime soon. I do think it's good to have goals and vision and idea of where you want to go, but at the same time, the vision helps you stay motivated and directed and active. But if you get along and I'm saying this as much myself as I'm saying this to everybody else, but if you get along and you realize, Hey, I need to change course. I need to redirect. I need to go a different way. That doesn't actually seem to go directly towards this vision goal or dream or whatever it might be. Um, I got to trust that if my voice, my sense of self, my, my, my sense of meanness or beingness is saying, go this way. I got to trust that because I know that those moments are what lead to something that is really truly my own way. And who knows where it'll go. I don't think it's about just being random. I don't think it's about just kind of saying, just go with the flow and see whatever happens. Sometimes I think it's not going with the flow. Sometimes I think going with the flow is okay. And sometimes I think going against the flow is important but it just a sense of self will let you know. And I think also in the final note, I want to say it's okay to do it wrong. You might make a mistake. You might not go your own way, but pay attention. And if that teaches you how to go your own way or hear your own voice or do whatever, then it was worth it. And that's really kind of the thing that I'm taking away from this. And it's, I kind of knew some of this stuff, but I feel like it's really solidifying for me now. So Mm. it was helpful that way. Yeah, what you just said actually reminded me of something that you we had talked about before uh, we started recording, which I don't think we we talked about, but we were talking about how it's kind of funny that you know when you sort of lose your way, as we would put it, um, upon the recognition that you've lost your way, you're on your way again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered that. In that in that recognition. Point. And then in a also in a bizarre kind of way, it's like you're saying with you know, with your own personal experience of like being able to hear your own voice. Sometimes you lose your way to acknowledge that you've lost your way, to hear your own voice and realize that well, I, I could have only heard this had this happened. So maybe I was always on my way. <laughs> You go down a weird rabbit hole with that one, yeah. um, but I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move on. Um, what I wanted to say, I guess, to close this out, is what what's really connecting with me in this conversation uh, actually wasn't something that I I necessarily thought of when we got into this, but um, this whole sense of of mystery that the path is a mystery you know ultimately it's uh it's a mystery to us and that who we are is a mystery to us but if we can 
open up to that and we can engage with that. We can we can follow that um, that self that seems to be giving us some sense of direction. <laughs> maybe not maybe not in uh, you know an ultimate destination in in the sense of you know uh, a concept or an achievement or a, something like that, but it gives us a, it gives us a direction that gives us life in the here and now. Uh, and there is something kind of mysterious about that and and opening up to that path and we can we can live that sort of mystery and the mystery of ourselves and I don't know exactly what that leads and I don't know uh, that that's something that I myself know how to do. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.